right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 362 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today we've got Daniel Wheeze on the board. Hi there. The board's been through three name changes during the past week, by the way. Um, 69th Blizzard, Ken. Hello. And St. Louis Kiss, Lonnie. What's up? So we're, we are now click it up uh, with my disclaimer. So, yeah, what news? Well, today I dropped the latest issue or episode of the Kiss FAQ song stories this week. Or uh, this episode is Deuce which, of course, was one of the very, very first Kiss songs I ever heard. Before I knew anything about the band, I was just a kid off the plane from England, sitting in a school talent show, watching freaks dressed up in tinfoil in their mommy's tights, miming along to Kiss songs. And the one I remember the most is Deuce. So it's uh, it's actually a request by one of the supporters of our, our various podcasts. So thank you to him. That's my gift back to you for listening. Um, I'm not taking requests. Um, I will ask people uh, who support the show at times what they would like to see featured. And if you're so uh, afflicted, hopefully you'll have a good pick. All right, what other news? We've got, oh yeah, the latest Universal Germany. Another yeah. color of off the soundboard, this time in bone white. Um, though it looked Ivory brown. white. Ivory white, yeah, no, bone Ivory, ivory. white, they call it. Yeah, and, and it looked brown. Has anyone pulled the trigger on that on this podcast? I have not. No, I already have the the. That's the, saying something. Can I? Or the bird? Yeah, I already have the bird poo in the black. The bird poo. <laughs> I don't have the whatever this new one ivory is. You know, I guess next one will be ebony. Oh no, I do have it. Ebony and ivory. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, ebony and ivory. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I, I got to stop. At, at some point, you just got to stop and say, I'm not going to buy every color that they put out, put out. Just like the Ace Fraley stuff. Right. Uh, most recent, uh, I only bought, I think I only bought one, I think, of that. Other That's than amazing. CD, of course, and and there's no one run into the room and put the gun up to your head and said, you have to buy it. It's amazing. Free will. Exactly, yeah. Huh. Is, the, is the right to choose and not I to choose? I don't have to buy it. I no, I must not buy it. I did not order it. I was so pissed off at the Kiss Killers fiasco where uh, one oh. of the copies we ordered arrived all shagged um, and seemed split. Um, and it was so poorly packaged by them that I just won't purchase. And it's 60 euros for, you know, that, forget it. That's 15 euros more than black vinyl. And if I wanted a European or a German logo copy with the nice white sleeve or however it works out, I'd actually just get the uh, the regular black vinyl. But I don't want any of them on vinyl. I don't care. It's the music. So, so I've got my CD, so I'm happy. I did see that the, the Japanese one did, the CD did come with its uh, mini farewell tour book with the, P, uh, with the Eric Singer insert sheet. It's not, uh, yeah, no, and no. also a poster. Um, so Which one is that? That's the Japanese edition. And of Colors? Of uh, Tokyo, soundboard. Off the soundboard. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, actually. check it out on CD Japan. I, I don't know what the deal is with that mini tour book, but obviously the Farewell tour book was a really thick one with listing all the tour dates, and I think it had a lot of good archival photos. So if you don't have that uh, Japanese tour book, you know, getting a mini one is a kind of cool... Chucky really? to have chucked in with it. Cool. So, 
I didn't order that either, but uh, it looks very... That's just me saying something nice before moving on to the next thing. Can. Cool. Okay. Um, latest delay notification to kiss 2020 goodbye. You want to summarize? No, I, yeah, we saw hats today. Yeah. Oh, kiss yeah. Well, you know the hat? Yeah, they show a picture of a hat and uh, I think a VIP or some kind of pass or something. Um, mm-hmm. And they say they're going to, um, they're sorry, of course, sorry for the delay. And it's, you know, COVID and it's the band's fault and, and, and this and that. Um, <laughs> it's the band's fault. Yeah, yeah. And so they say now, they say August, shipping early August. Um, yeah, the hat, though, I looked at it, I thought, man, it looks like it's a, it's a used hat, you know. So hopefully you're not giving us used hats. <laughs> Uh, it was know. a demonstration copy used by the crew, so it's got all that Dubai sweat oh, and heat. All kinds of sweat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, stage used. So we're waiting, yeah. as usual. Yep. So it's it's still requiring approvals from the band. The editing they say is done. So I guess they yeah. finally managed to get rid of the Guinness guy, um, or, or the Guinness git. <laughs> that was terrible. That's, that is one of the. Oh. The sharks in history that were jumped, putting yes. that guy on stage, and he just yep. wouldn't get off, and he blew the cues, and there you go. All right, so that that is all that there is on that. I did want to thank everyone who um, joined us last week for the live episode, our review of the A&E Biographic History. You know, there are a lot of people watching, and a lot of people watched the episode since, so we do appreciate you. We appreciate everyone yeah. chiming in with their comments, their thoughts, and whatnot. We will be doing more live episodes, of course, down the road. They're fun to do. They're a little bit less work for me to do, um, and it's also nice to get that interaction, so thank you, everyone. All right. Um, Let's go into a couple of these other kind of topics. And I don't know how legitimate this one is. The former KISS catalog consultant, I don't think Mm -hmm. he's worked for the band in 23 years since the remasters. Um, So I'm not sure about how well that was presented. Maybe something was lost in the editing. Uh, But then again, I have no idea what the current situation is. Well, whatever the case, he suggested that KISS could theoretically be sold off as a brand, as an entity, to some investment, or um, I, I think Disney was raised as a, they're an entertainment company with uh, you know the rights to many sorts of different um, what the hell do you call it franchises? Thank you. Franchise. Yeah. Got there in the end. So, Daniel, get your thoughts on that. Do you think Kiss could theoretically be sold off as a franchise in order to keep the name alive and move it forward into new areas? Uh, I actually think it's quite a good idea. I think it would work for several of these old rock bands like Iron Maiden and uh, Kiss and maybe a few others. Uh, they have so uh, you know visually appealing stuff. Uh, while Iron Maiden, they have Eddie and Kiss, of course, have the makeup. So I think a company like Disney could do some pretty good things with it. I mean, I remember when Star Wars were sold off to Disney, I was pretty skeptical. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first movie they made was a whole lot better than the three that uh, that came previously. So. It can work, and I think Kiss, Iron Maiden, maybe a few other rock bands can be franchised and carry on and 
uh, get new fans and so on. Interesting. Lonnie, what are your kind of take on that? I think I think absolutely. I I, I think Daniel's right on. I do too. I think I think that it definitely could be franchised out. Imagine what a company like Disney or and then doesn't necessarily even have to be Disney could do with the Kiss brand in, in different movies and cartoons. And we've seen the you know Kiss Scooby Doo thing obviously from a few years ago. Imagine what what they could do with something like that. And who's going to manage Kiss down the road when when Gene and Paul um, officially even not only done performing or done just hey I'm done managing the Kiss enterprise as itself. Well I can have one last big payday and really cash in on this KISS brand and, and sell it off. If George Lucas can sell Star Wars, why can't Gene and Paul sell KISS? Exactly. Uh, and I think George Lucas was able to sell off um, the Star Wars Enterprise and I- ILM and whatever and managed to put a caveat into that contract saying that the original theatrical version of Star, of Star Wars was never to be show, uh, shown anywhere broadcast because of all the versions that came after and were edited and changed. So uh, that has still to surface. So who knows what uh, little gotchas Kiss could write into a sale contract. Mm-hmm. Ken, I mean, going back, you, you've been there through the merchandise in the 70s, through all the branding, through the whole history the band in, in essence you know does your emotion tell you something different than you know your brain on whether kiss can or sh- maybe even should be sold off as a franchise yeah i mean i i think it would be a good idea i mean yeah gene and paul are not going to be around forever uh, and so if they want to continue i think that is a good way to do it and i know we talked disney and disney owns marvel um, which, you know, Marvel Comics is what uh, those two first uh, Kiss comic books were on, Marvel. Um, they know what to do if they could turn even those into a movie, those comics. Um, and maybe, you know, they could eventually become part of the Marvel, you know, you know universe yeah. uh, of, of superheroes and turn them into that. I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think they could do it. Um, it's a lot of you know uh, guys that have very good um, I don't know what you want to say ideas about how to to do that kind of stuff. So um, I think it would be okay. Now the other thing is I, the music's going to stop anyway, or it has stopped. <laughs> no new music, as far as I know. So I think that's just going to be the, you know they could be. They could sell part of it, you know, to you know Marvel or or whatever Disney. They could have something in the contract where maybe a a band or something could go on forward, like a 2.0 or something, um, as a an entity still as for the music part of it. I I don't know, uh, I don't know how that would all work, but I'm I'm starting to wonder if there will be a 2.0 anymore. It's, it might be just tribute bands out there after Kiss is gone. Sanctioned you know, tribute bands, yeah. Sanctioned, yeah, right. So, um, from that standpoint, I don't know. I think it'd be cool if Disney could take it and hopefully do something good with it if if it ever happens. 
Yeah, I think we've talked about the kind of the official sanctioned tribute bands before and, you know, having yeah. them being regional <laughs> and maybe tied to era, you know, era specific franchises for that would be probably smart going down the road, you know, to make them the, you know, that Gene and Paul approve of these bands, you know, because it's gone from appreciating them to now approving them um, these days. But the superhero thing and selling them as a franchise, I mean, my brain says, yeah, it's business. And when it comes to business, anything is possible, especially when there's a large dollar amount, uh, you know, attached to a possible sale of the intellectual property. You know, that having seen some of Kiss's merchandising presentations through the years and the amount of dollar figures that they generate, you know, as a sales pitch, I'm sure there'd be some venture capitalists willing to lose someone else's money to own a bit of Kiss. Or from the perspective of, say, like a sports franchise, those are great tax dodges, you know, for people to buy a franchise and then be able to write off all of that to down their tax, you know, liability. So from a business perspective, anything is absolutely theoretical. Should it go I'm into... I'm also thinking resources, uh, the resources that Disney have con uh, versus KISS. I mean, they have a whole lot of muscle to put into the brand. So I think, uh, and a whole lot of guys with talent and good ideas. So I think we we can't even imagine what they could do with with a brand. I think there are uh, Disney and Marvel are loaded with talented guys that can come up with ideas that even geniuses like us can't come up with. Maybe they can even have Kiss World the traveling amusement park convention. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's all the rides. <laughs> Yeah, but Disney. Dis the resources. Yeah. Well, Disney has had a. Um, they had a rock band, in the early 1980s, and there's actually a documentary about that band. And they had space costumes and all that sorts of things. They did characters, yeah. and it was a complete <laughs> failure. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a very sad story, actually. The documentary. To... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Didn't know well, that. You know. Yeah, I, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but I did watch the documentary. I know Ken Sharp did a song that was kind of dedicated to the uh, okay. the lead singer of the project, and she had a great set of pipes. She a great rock singer, you know, straight out of the kind of Pat Benatar vein. And oh, then the, the band, okay. they, they weren't schmucks. They were musicians. So, I mean, you think of Disney. Imagine, you know, it comes back to the Superman kind of theme that, you know, think of how much Gene loves that. You know, here we are, foul mouth, vile, band by day, superheroes by day by night teaming up with ant-man on the wasp to fight loki you know it, <laughs> yeah all, all, and i have no idea if those are even in the same house as far as uh super super characters go because i just don't follow that crap i watch no there, there must there must be a drop in the popularity when it comes to superheroes pretty soon because the, the scene is just overloaded with movies and everything so uh, I, I think the popularity will drop pretty soon it has to i mean how many Spider-Man movies can you make? Or remake. Remake, yeah. <laughs> what, what breaking Andrew's heart? Here. Yeah, break his yeah. heart? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what, watching Julian talk about uh, superheroes and comics is uh, comic and sad. <laughs> Just not my thing. So, again, going back to, to all that kind of thing, it is entirely possible. Um, it would actually be smart to unload it and not have to deal with the states 
and management get it all bundled up and then you don't have to worry about the partnerships and all that when the time does come it's all been dealt with and you've cashed out you you completely separate yourself out from it and uh you know clean clean the slate yeah. but i think at, at this point it's uh been proven that you can actually make movies uh, based on bands like the motley crew film uh and kiss have been talking about doing something like that but i feel bringing Disney in and making some sort of animated movie based on Kiss would could be really interesting because uh, Kiss is sort of, you know, very cartoonish. So I think bringing someone in and making maybe an animated movie more uh, towards uh, a younger audience then uh, and then telling the story that way, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and, and who's going to carry it on? Who is you know someone has to manage it down the road when yeah. Gene and Paul are either no longer with us or you know they're they're 80 85 years old and say you know what, I'm, I'm I can't continue to manage this this beast what the Kiss entity is do you really yeah. think Nick Simmons wants to devote his life to managing what used to be his dad's band no. I don't think so I don't think so I think it will be sold sure. one day so better to do it earlier and benefit from it more. Yep. You Correct. Know, especially, yep. you know, with life expectancy being what it is, you know, you still got decades ahead of you. Enjoy mm-hmm. that. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the money. And uh, forget about the KISS fans, because after 50 years of putting up with them, surely you <laughs> get, to, get to the point where it's your problem now, Disney. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Oh, those whiny little... Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but we're, we're at a point now where we're happy with anything almost aren't we? I mean, they can put out uh, albums, live albums that are 20 years old and people go bananas. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you can uh, you have a big opportunity to make something good, actually good and something new, and maybe add a few new fans to bring in a younger audience and keep the brand uh, even more popular than it is at the moment. Yeah. Will definitely be interesting to see what happens. And just yep. going back to the George Lucas thing, you know, I've been watching Disney. I've got the, you know, the streaming service, and they've got yeah. stuff like Bad Batch, you know, the clones uh-huh. animations, yeah. which actually are pretty decent. I've been watching them at night because I don't have to think. It's just like, you know, watching ridiculousness. You know, just turn off the <laughs> brain and uh, go pretty lowbrow. And those have been good. I remember watching the Clone Wars ones, you know, like ten years ago with my son when he was little. You know, so who knows what is feasible in turning them into an animated series, you know, not like a Scooby-Doo thing, but have an actual story arc and character development and, you know, a little bit more um, adult crossover. Teenage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, writing level, you know, and and some of the stuff in the Nick Simmons comic world could easily be translated story wise or with some of those other comics that were done that are much more kind of manga, magna or whatever the hell. Andrew, help me. Um, Yeah. Ish in (laughs) style. All right. I'm I'm showing myself to be an old man already. Um, I want to move into one of your topics, Daniel, because it was a really good, good question. And it's your very first one. Ken, I'm going to start with you. Talk about your current favorite kiss thing, be it, you know, book, TV show, album or film. What is it that rocks your kiss world? (laughs) Right now? Um, Yeah. uh... Right now, today, what gets you excited when I say kiss? Uh, Well, touring. Uh, to see them in concert one more, at least you know, one more time, would be the excitement right now for me. Um, 
um, and to do, you know, meet, greet, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, that's in September. So uh, that's the number one thing on my mind now um, is going to see them, and which could be, again, <laughs> you know, Oakland could have been the last time. Um, I keep saying, oh, this one could be the last time. This one could be the... But uh, this one really could be the last time um, for me. So uh, I'm looking forward, really looking forward to it. Okay. Lonnie, what about you? What's rocking your world when I say kiss? Right now, it's off the soundboard to me and the possibility of, of more off the soundboard releases. I mean, these are things that we've talked about on this podcast since its inception. Um, and we finally have our first taste of it. So. The possibility of, of more of those, um, you know, going back and you know, we did this lineup with with Eric and Tommy. You know, let, let's get another, you know, another lineup next time we do one of these. Whether it's the Bruce Kulick and Eric Carr, Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer, you know, just a, let's do a different lineup. Let's explore different eras of the band with these off the soundboard releases. That 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 gets me excited at this point because they're they're finally doing what we've been wanting them to do for years. So. That's that's what keeps me going right now. But also, I think can I add on to that? But I I, I agree. But I hope they also don't listen to feedback. You know, I hope they don't go into Facebook or the or the message boards and see. Well, we don't like it because it didn't have nice art. I hope they just keep pumping them out with no no art whatsoever. Who cares? You know, I'd just to get have just no to get the music. Them out. Don't don't and get hung up on trying to improve it, you know, with us calling it dog the dog shit pressing or whatever, the 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 bukkake <laughs> press vinyl, yes. you know. Don't get hung up on any of that criticism. Just keep putting them out. Get we if we keep buying them. It's now we can complain, you know. But we're gonna complain even more if we don't have something to buy. So keep keep the shiny stuff moving. Daniel, answer your own question. Mm. You know what well, is it that rocks your world? I I kind of thought it. In a different way, uh, I was thinking as, um, you know, what am I doing this week in order to, uh, you know, get excited when it comes to KISS? Of course, looking forward to live performances, that's number one. And getting new stuff like Lana said is also great. But right now, I don't have anything new. I can't go and watch them live. What am I doing in order to get my KISS fill? And it's, I think it's true for a lot of fans you, you cruise the internet and you wind up on something and that you know makes you go somewhere else and then you finally end up with something that gets you real excited so so for me this week i i listened to an old interview i i, I watched uh, you know that bruce kulik tribute to his brother uh, again i think it's very good and i and he's got a lot of hits uh, views on it so that's good for Bruce. I think it's well over 100,000 by this point. And uh, I got a bit curious about Bob, so I went and watched an interview that the Italian guy from uh, Three Sides did in, uh, uh, I think it's called Mark. Uh, he did a, a great interview, I think, at the in Indianapolis uh, Expo or something a few years back. Mm -hmm. And Bob Kulisk was really emotional, especially when talking about the Paul Stanley tour in 89. So that made me go and watch, watch some, some uh, uh, live performances from, from, from that era. And I ended up watching everything that was on YouTube. And what a great tour. And the energy and Eric Singer on the drums and 
Bob Kulik nailing the solos. I think it's uh, maybe a bit of an overlooked era of Kiss or Paul Stanley. Uh, so this week I've been watching loads and loads of Paul Stanley live videos. And there are some some good ones out there and pretty good quality at least. So um, that's my Kiss film this week. Off the soundboard, Paul Stanley's 1989 there are soundboards from that tour um that that would be great that that would be a nice kind of uh tribute from the kiss side to bob so who knows as a as a little note there um off the soundboard uh peaked at number 40 on the billboard 100 did it which is not which is not bad for no for that type of album I mean, um, what it? It's according to this. Uh, oh, maybe that's something else. But well, I, I see it at forty. I think on the rock charts of Billboard, it hit twelve. That's really on good. the rock, the rock chart. So good. yeah, so it must have sold pretty well. I'm guessing. Yeah, the, the top two hundred is the one that counts. So if it hit forty on that, that's uh, legit, legit, legit. And well, as far as today's uh, you know numbers are. Yeah. Uh, not really comparable with the past, but that is really awesome yeah. if that's the case. Uh, it's just like for my billboard link on here, and I'm not able to check it because I deleted it. So what's moving me? Um, well, Ken mentioned the show, obviously, and I hope to be alive to enjoy that, you know, with whatever variant we're up to yeah. by then. Epsilon, Omega, uh, you know, <laughs> Andronima yeah. strain, you know. Um, yeah. what the hell's coming next so I'm living a little bit more in immediacy and obviously I'm bogged down with the Aerosmith book so there's not much time for Kiss but I am getting my rocks off with these song stories going back into some of the really that goes way back to the beginning of the album focus for me is where all that stuff was born updating it um, improving it and turning it into spoken uh, you know spoken word uh, just mini bites is just really exciting me what excited me today was someone posted a picture. I mentioned this to you guys before we, we kind of started. Someone posted a picture of the Popcorn Pub, uh, the frontage of it, which is a very... I've not seen it, you know, in its late 1972 guys. And I know about that photo because it was printed in, I think, uh, the New York Daily News in October 1972. But they got the crisp photo from an archive clearly and it is fantastic it's just so exciting to see stuff like that and then yesterday someone posted some pictures from late 1975 with the story of how they'd come across a big box of abandoned things from a photo processing um kiosk or something in the late 70s gone through all the photos or or something to that effect and one of the packs was from a kiss concert from that era so just to see stuff like that still popping up and you know maybe you hear about a new recording surfacing and then going back through all the a and e stuff for all the pictures of where's that from what's that from that's the immediacy of what's rocking my world, my kiss world, my personal kiss world right now. The uh, you mentioned the kiss album focus, which no, <laughs> I have of course. Oh, I'm sorry. There's like what three? There was three book. Was it three books or four books? I can't think. Three books, right? Was like it three 80, parts? 87 printings. There was yeah. There were three. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but where did now the last one ended off at what? Uh, did you actually do? Uh, Sonic Boom and Monster? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. Uh, the Volume 3 went, originally went, I think, uh, 
1998 to 2007. Then I did a volume four with a really shitty little cover on it. Um, and then I took them out of print and I combined three and four into one volume that went 1997 to 2013. So it goes okay. up. And never, that I'm never writing anything after that because when I went back and tried looking at all that, my writing style was just so crap for what it was. It was okay for online, but just binding it up, it was not good enough quality. So it, that's only available as a hardcover these days um, just because the original Ooh. hardcover run only sold like six copies. <laughs> So there's that. I have well, so there's yeah. that. I bought the paper. So. Well, it, may, it means I can say thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all six of the people who bought the who bought the original hard copy. The hard copy. <laughs> I think I might be <laughs> probably. I, I'm like, why the hell did I write through mine in red ink, correcting it? I mean, that would have been worth some money, you know. Like those uh, those people who do some. Let's move on into um, another another one of the topics, and some of this stuff is coming from the board. And uh, Ken, I think this is one that you put down. Uh, what songs were truly kiss hits, and what five songs should have been released as a single let's break that up into you know the kiss hits what were the the songs that should have been or were truly were kiss hits versus what you perceive were possibly paola lonnie true kiss hits are i, I mean you know, i think it's, we're all gonna have the same answers that it's beth i was made for loving you and forever and i'll throw in god gave rock and roll to you i guess are the true kiss hits and may and maybe and maybe crazy nights because crazy nights was while it was not big in america it was big in the uk and across the seas but i i, I really think that's it i mean because yeah you, know, you talk about when you go see kiss oh yeah we play the hits like well well deuce wasn't a I, as much as i like deuce well it wasn't a hit you've put it on every compilation you've ever put out and it's on a live so it's a hit you know the true Kiss hits, like if you really want to boil it down, are, are Beth Howell's Made for Love and You Forever, in my opinion. It depends a bit on where in the world you're. Correct. That's Correct. Pretty, the American view, I think, because over here it's a bit different because Kiss really got popular maybe in the early 80s, actually. Uh, at least in Scandinavia, when they took off the makeup, people, they were kind of a, an obscure band previously, but they they hit big time in you know, 83, 84. Oh, someone drove by Julian's Ooh. house. <laughs> uh, so, so I would like to add a few European or Scandinavian hits, Heavens on Fire for sure. One of their biggest uh, hits and most known songs and also lick it up actually that's one that still gets a lot of airplay over here and, and people know of it but other than that uh, i can't really add any more songs that are real hits yeah and heavens on fire made it to number 19 in sweden and that was pretty much the only market in europe where it made it into the top 20 it was 43 in the uk which was the the second best that it did so not that far behind 49 in the usa mm -hmm. um lick it up made it to 24 in switzerland or swaziland uh switzerland yeah but but the thing is the thing is they have how do you say it longevity yeah uh, i mean they've been pretty popular for a lot a lot of years uh, it's not like they were number one but they were you know po popular for a lo long time 
Oh, I feel better. Crazy Nights went to number seven in Norway, so I don't feel so bad. England and Norway. Worst taste and kiss catalog ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nor- I don't think it's that bad. Crazy well, well Norway also had number four, Shandy hitting number four. So I think, All right. I think Unholy was pretty uh, high in Norway, I think, wasn't it? Well, let's, let's make Lonnie happy. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Yeah, scroll down. Number two. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Rise, rise your heart. Wow. Rise your heart. Shocking. Uh, all right, so who, who's, whose turn was it? Uh, completely. I guess it's my turn. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I had saw this in a topic about, I don't know, about charting or something. And then I just thought about it, and then someone was asking what were kisses really you know hit songs and then we got into a discussion about greatest hits you know packages and stuff like that which is not accurate um and then i said you know it's probably just go to billboard at least from you know the the u.s um charts um there's just 24 songs that hit the hot 100 to me i think the top 40 if you hit the top 40, it's it's a semi-hit. You know, you, you, you made it pretty far up the chart. Um, so I'm just looking at it right now. You know, Beth was number seven, Forever eight. I was made for Loving You 11. Shout It Out Loud was 31. Uh, so that's in the top 40. Rock and Roll Night Live was 12. Call well, Doc- New York Groove. Uh, I haven't hit there yet, but it's, okay. it was it was the top twenty I know near group. Um, calling Doctor Love at sixteen, that's a hit, man. Not without um, payola, it isn't. Hard luck woman, <laughs> yeah, hard luck woman is fifteen. Tears are falling was oh fifty one. So that's not a hit. Sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> Christian sixteen twenty five. Actually, she's Reason 16. to live. Reason to Live was 64. It should have been higher. To me, yeah, it should have been a hit. A hit but. Yeah, but look at what it was competing with at the time. No way. Yeah. 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 With Heart. Anyway, uh, Sure Know Something. Sure Know Something, 47. Look It Up. Look It Up was 66. That's bad. That's not that great, uh, considering it's a, one of their, you know, they play at every show. Shandy, 47. Um, Heavens on Fire was 49, so those, you know, Hide Your Heart, 66 also. Even Royal Rocket Ride, it made top 40, 39, barely made it, but uh, so that was semi-hit. World Without Heroes, 50, what, 6, it looks like. So if you go down, Crazy Nights, I'm just trying to see, everything else is above 50, is like above 60, and then Flaming Youth, 74. Uh, oh, here we go. This is the the one that I know you guys think should have been a hit. Let's put the X and Sex, ninety seven. It cracked the top one hundred. Hmm. Anyway, but I think nowadays you have to look at it a bit differently. You have to look. Uh, there are several other ways of listening to music. So, if it wasn't a hit right away, it can actually become sort of a hit after some time. Like, like uh, let's say New York Groove is a song that has had some staying power and also if you look at spotify for example you can see that some of the songs that really didn't uh, hit big in the beginning later on sort of have become hits hits over time sort of yeah over time yeah 
Yeah, so in, in the U.S., obviously, Beth and I Was Made for Loving You were, are the band's only gold singles. So those, those are legit hits in the U.S. I'm going I'm, to go back and check my list because mine tells me that uh, Canada is the only country in which the in which Kiss had two number ones. Shout it out loud, and I was made for yeah. loving you. I gotta check shout it out loud and make sure that's not another freaking typo rearing its head from 20 years ago. <laughs> um, not to take anything away from the song, of course, even though I am known for not liking it very much. It could um, have. 31. And then yeah. um, New Zealand, Holland, and, well, Canada were the only places where I was made for loving you it was number one. Everywhere else, number two, number six. You know, I was made... No one's doubting that as a hit. Rock and Roll All Night, definitely a hit, even though it only went to number 12, the live version, just because yeah. that is the definitive and how big the live album was. And then for the rest of it, I, I think Daniel cut, touched on a really good point about the longevity of some of the songs that you do True. still hear. I think we also have to then look later on when modern rock tracks and all of those when Kiss and most hard rock acts were banished from Billboard Hot 100. It really became the place where they were important. Jungle was number one hit. Um, or was it Master and Slave? This freaking thing won't scroll. Uh, so I Jungle. Think, no, Jungle, Psycho yeah. Circus was number one on, hmm. oh, okay. on the, on the modern rock tracks. Well, yeah, and Jungle hit number eight. So, yeah, okay. you know, then you do have to include stuff like that because the everything had shifted in the music business. So rock bands had been banished from popular music because R&B, rap, country had all transcended easy listening the light rock and you know it was much more kind of exclusive more exclusionary in that uh, rock was not included so you know th there's plenty of stuff to choose from i mean dirty living charted at 25 in one country so of germany of course so. i just have to tell you a quick story i, w I was teaching 13 year old kids uh, music uh, this year and uh, I talked about the Black Album, Metallica's album, and uh, about the great drum sound and everything, and uh, about the sonics and so on. And uh, they just looked at me and they didn't get it at all. And finally, what do you what do you have to say, kids, about this? What, what are your you know reflections and so on? And one guy raised his hand. Metallica gives me cancer in the ears. And that was it. That was the response. And wow. I talked about the album for half an hour. So I think yeah, you need to, uh, it's hard to, you have to listen to hard rock and heavy metal for a while in order to like it. You can't just listen for 20 seconds and, th and then start liking it like you can do with modern music, maybe. So we're missing out on the kids there. <laughs> That's good. So here's another one of Daniel's questions. Lonnie, I'll start with you on this. After becoming a KISS fan or a fan of KISS, has your taste in music changed over the years as a result or in consequence to? Um, it's difficult to say because I, I can't remember not being a fan of KISS. Um, as much as I talk about Revenge, I love Revenge that came out when I was 13 years old. I was still a KISS fan before that came out. I can't remember not being a Kiss fan. Um, because my brother, you know, played cassettes of them for as long as I can remember. So I, I grew up, like literally grew up loving the band. And 
had, I, in a way, I guess that's influenced me because of that to just gravitate toward a a heavier style of music than than anything else. It it influenced what other bands I liked because I can't remember not liking Kiss. So it it made me say, well, what what other bands are are, are out there like Kiss? And it, that just formed my, my taste in music. And as much as I do like and listen to, to rock and, and metal and things like that, you know, I, I do listen to other things, too. I'm not, you know, so one dimensional, but but it is my favorite style. And I think it's it's because of that that early influence from my brother. Nice. That's a, that's a very honest answer. Uh, that's almost like one of those cute cat videos that you see on Facebook. So, Ken. And you're muted. We lost your profoundity. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the first time. (laughs) Yes, that's the first time I muted myself. Um, Probably a good thing sometimes. Um, uh, Yeah, it's kind of tough to uh, think about this. Um, After becoming, I have to think back now. Um, I don't think it changed so much. Um, my taste, uh, even though before Kiss, I was listening to, uh, I had, you know, Steve Miller band, you know, Linda Ron's dead. Uh, I had, I even had Rush album before a Kiss album, I think. Um, and, but I had, you know, the Carpenters, you know, and Neil Sedaka and the other stuff, um, going back, but yeah, I don't think it really changed. It just, I guess it. There's no one like Kiss, so I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna be uh, thinking, looking for another Kiss in in general. It's just, you know, I just evolved as liking music, and maybe at, at some point it was seemed to I was liking a lot more heavier stuff. Um, if you come from that standpoint, yeah, I, I, I was more open to the heavier stuff around that time. I started listening to the harder stuff as years went on um but i still like the other you know stuff i was listening to i was still you know john mellencamp right billy joel stuff like that i mean i still listen to it so it really didn't change my taste because i have you know you know me i have a wide variety of uh tastes in music um from easy stuff to pretty heavy and some classical even throw it in or or bluegrass even uh to a to a degree little degree but uh yeah i I don't think it really changed that much really didn't after becoming a fan yeah i I think the same applies to me obviously before i was a fan i was playing french horn and orchestra and you know in school and listening to the beatles duran duran men at work i who i all still listen to and i still had listened to beethoven this week so um my musical tastes haven't changed as a result of loving kiss i still love all the bands that i grew up in you know that are part of my life soundtrack so kiss has had very little effect on me i don't listen to anything less i listen to what my mood asked me to and it mostly comes out of my wheelhouse of what's in my my 
life's jukebox you know mm -hmm. so there is some new stuff in there that i discover along the way um, some of the stuff that i've started to listen to over the the past few years that i didn't listen to in the past have nothing to do with kiss and it's not because of kiss you know starting to listen to more merciful fate you know and uh, wow. king diamond and stuff like that is just you know kind of exploring areas of music that i missed growing up so no it hasn't changed my taste my chase haven't changed over the years i still like everything i liked when i was 14 and became a kiss fan i liked ever, uh, the same stuff that i liked when i was nine and was just consuming music um in a, in a completely different way dan that, your question well I, before I didn't dan, know. yeah before dan, dan goes in i just thought of something else and julian you, you touched on about the you know discovering new music that that passed you by um for instance i had i had bought a collection of uh, kansas albums i only knew you know a few of the hits and stuff actually you know i bought a set of like you know five discs five albums and i was pleasantly surprised at the music on on those those albums like well how did i miss all this um mm -hmm. so yeah it's good to go back and there's uh, there's some music that you never had a chance or you just didn't get around to listening to and sometimes you got to give it a chance or even back then your taste may have been not what that was at the time but now it's it's like oh you know what i didn't think the music was that good but it's you know better than i thought it was kind of thing um i think that's what happens with even kiss fans they thought uh, they, they sucked back then, but they listen to some of the music now. They give it a chance, and they can say, "Oh, you know what? They did pretty good. They did have some pretty good music." Yeah, and I so, did that anyway. with uh, Bruce Springsteen, Johnny Cash, and Elvis. Went got a bunch yeah. of Elvis, uh, you know, um, music movies. You know, comeback special, oh, Aloha, yeah. and all that because I, all I, I had missed all that, and I wanted to, you know, explore it. And the Springsteen going album by album on a daily basis to give him a, a spin and uh yeah. of course you know john mellencamp i loved but johnny cash you know the original godfather in some ways so uh yeah. daniel i didn't know you played the french horn you need to uh <laughs> play something for us next time play something from the elder i think there, there are some french from horns. the elder yeah yeah, yeah. French horn. okay I, I will go find a french fanfare. horn and do fanfare or yeah <laughs> <laughs> what a reveal on the show. I want you to learn that. That's your homework. That would go viral <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Well, I um, my experience um, is mostly similar to um, Lonis, I think. Um, when I first heard Kiss, it was such a big thing. I'm, I remember the first time I heard a Kiss song, and it instantly made me a fan and made me interested in music. Uh, and this was in the mid 80s, you have to, to think about that because there were a whole lot of earlier Kiss records. So I didn't go and look elsewhere for music. I tried to find those albums and that wasn't as easy as it is nowadays. I mean, you have to go to the flea market and, and, and you know, uh, look uh, in the old album sections and maybe you found one. So I did that for a few years, I guess and uh, that really cemented my interest in kiss but of course i strayed away a little bit through the years mostly when when my kiss ended with bruce and eric singer uh i started to listen to judas priest 
you know, I I lean towards the heavier stuff like Lonnie, uh, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, and uh, but eventually I found my way back. I finally found my way back. You no, know? <laughs> and um, so uh, Kiss. Uh, if it hadn't been for that Kiss song I heard, I'm not sure I would even be a music fan. It's pretty strange to think in those uh, terms, but uh, uh, I'm not sure. So that really changed actually my life. That time we were in a tent listening to an old cassette and uh, to this day they are by far my favorite band. And also I think it, it was something with the visuals as well. I mean, uh, watching Heavens of Fire and Tears of Falling, the videos, I thought they looked pretty cool. And then finding out about the makeup and stuff, and they looked even cooler. So, so it was kind of combined the visuals with the music. And then when I looked at other bands, they, I, I didn't feel they had the same history and the same visual uh, appeal like Kiss. So, so, so I think that was a big thing as well. We just had a fanfare moment. The foghorn <laughs> in the background. Ah, uh, God, wish I, had, I wish I had a kazoo. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daniel, we're rocking your questions today because these yeah. these are all your ideas, pretty, uh, pretty much. Uh, here's one for Lonnie. Do you think the music changes how you dress and act? It definitely changes the way I dress. I mean, I'm I'm almost 42 years old, and I still walk around in a kiss shirt. <laughs> you guys are the same exact freaking way. I still walk around in a kiss shirt or a rock band shirt. I dress the same way as I did when I was. 17 years old the exact same way baseball cap black t-shirt and shorts or blue jeans depending on the weather almost every day of the year it 100 percent influences the way i dress i mean sometimes i look sometimes i look at myself like you're almost 42 years old like like i don't care this is how i dress and and like my my buddy lives down the street makes fun of me you know it's like Dude, I think you wore that same T-shirt like 20 years ago. I'm like, yeah, I probably did actually. So, <laughs> and and does it influence the way I act? Absolutely, it influences the way I act. Um, I, you know, you know, Kiss Kiss songs are, and I, and I talked about this in a post I made on the FAQ last week that that Kiss songs are are uplifting and, and they're about going for what you want and and achieving your dreams and not being held back. And, and all that good stuff. And, you know, I, it, that struck a chord with me when I was 17, after I saw, after I saw, I've always listened to Kiss, but after I saw them when I was 16 years old, it really struck a chord with me about going for what you want and doing what you want. And I've always, I've, something's going on. Earthquake. And I've always, I, I, that's always resonated with me. And, and I, I listen to Kiss to get to get fired up sometimes if I'm going to exercise, or like before I'm exercising, just to get my blood flowing um, and to build some confidence in myself. You know, like you might listen to, you might listen to I or something just to get get you fired up. So it definitely influences the way I think and the way I act as well. That was probably a 2.3 quake, which just shows how much I shit myself every time California bites. Um, Did you feel I, it, Ken? It hasn't gotten here yet. Uh. <laughs> I felt one about uh, a week ago that was in the down south a bit, but yeah. 
Uh, you know, it, it was either that or my neighbors just woke up. It's one of the two. You can never tell in these <laughs> apartment buildings. Um, uh, but obviously, I'm hypersensitive. Um, you know, your post on the FAQ, I mean, that was that was stunning. And, you know, oh, I'm, yeah. gl I'm glad that I didn't have to delete any comments from people in there, you know, because people really, I, I think they got the right message out of it as well. Does music change how I act and dress? Well, I didn't used to wear black rock t-shirts back in my teenage years i wore freaking gap jeans and uh button down mm. shirts tucked out uh or lacoste shit um you know i did have some some rock tees but you know they're basically like the baseball style ones but um does it change how i how I dress? No, because, you know, I got to an age where I decided I was never going to work in a suit and tie type environment where I could basically dress in T-shirts and jeans, um, except when absolutely necessary to show up at a meeting with, a, you know, a, a tie and a suit, whatever, you know, you know, sometimes there's no way around it. So it didn't change how I how I dress or act because I'm English and we swear a lot naturally anyway so it's not like um, any any change whatsoever Ken yeah so the the question is do you think that music changes how you dress not necessarily kiss right it's just any music um, um, yeah I mean when I started getting into a lot of music when I was just going crazy buying new music back in the you know, late seventies, I was I was buying, you know, vinyl albums left and right and stuff like that, and getting into all different kinds of music, um, and 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 then I was going to a lot of concerts. You know, starting you know, especially the eighties. You saw some of my tickets I posted out there. Um, there's still a you know, I have a stack like this still um, to go through uh, <laughs> of tickets uh, of concerts I saw back then. So. It, yeah, influenced. I mean, I bought, I bought you know, rock T-shirts and stuff from my favorite you know bands. Um, either if I saw them at concerts or, or whatever, um, and you know, had the you know the leather jacket and that that sort of stuff. You know, back in the day, um, hair was longer. You know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it did, I did a little bit uh, based on the type of music or you know, rock and roll, I guess, in general. Um, but not I, how I act, not so. I mean, I never really acted crazy. Um, maybe at a concert sometimes, you know, you get a little rowdy, but you know, I'm pretty, I've always been pretty reserved. So uh, as you probably, probably can tell, obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't think I, it, it changed the way I act so much i've always been this pretty much the same guy you know most of my life daniel it was your question so what's your answer <clears throat> well um for sure and when i was a teenager i as long as said i i were i wore the band t-shirts and rocked the leather and so on uh, I thought it looked pretty cool and started playing, you know, like guitar and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But but something changed for me in, uh, I think, in my early 20s. Uh, I've been working as a teacher for 
well, it's a long time by now, but when I was like 23, 24, I felt I had to distance, distance myself from the students, so to speak. So I wore, wore a, I had a suit and tie for at least 10 years and tried to look, you know, like an, uh, an adult uh, professional. <laughs> but then, then something happened a few years into my 30s and I said, what am I doing? I'm really a rocker at heart. I'm I'm not a suit and tie tie suit and tie guy. So 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 I started growing up my hair and I started rocking uh, the the t-shirts once again and and uh, I went full circle so to speak. So nowadays for sure I I don't care. I have long hair even though I'm as old as Lonnie and uh, yeah. uh, I rock. <laughs> I think we're I think we're the kids, aren't we? The I think kids? you're now the kids on the show. Yeah. We're the kids, yeah. Uh, so so uh, we're not that old. So we're the youngsters. But anyway, uh, I've gone full circle, and has it affected the way I I act? I don't know. Uh, well, I wouldn't be on this show, for example, if, if I if I okay. if it didn't affect me. I mean, uh, I. I've try, always tried to find like-minded people, and uh, it's been pretty tough at times, especially during um, the early 90s, to find like-minded people if you're really into KISS. So uh, this podcast thing has just been bliss for me. It's been real nice, and I, I love every minute of it. So. And well, here's another question for you specifically, because you kind of use this podcast to keep your your chops up using English, don't you? You know, did, yeah. did music make you learn an, another language or languages? I mean, do you speak any others as well? Mais oui, je m'appelle Daniel, j'habite à Stormont, Jésus dix-huit. Ah, not not that much. A bit of French, a bit of of, of German, and, and and so on, but 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 not a lot. Yeah, uh, of course, did. Uh, I've told the stories way back a few years when when I first got animalize and you get curious you want to know what they sing about so I went over to my mom with a cassette uh, she can knows what I'm going to say yeah. the third song on the album ah, I showed her I mom yeah. what does this mean burn bitch burn and I remember her face uh, and she looked sure. at me and she said uh, um, of course in Swedish burn witch burn okay uh, so, but uh, I found out later on. Well, Edith Piaf never yeah. made me learn French. Well, I, I can speak a bit of French, a bit of Japanese, but that's it. Um, you know, but for you, you know, it's like one of those things. You know, music—the vast majority of popular music is in English. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I like the arts, but I'm not going to learn German or, or yeah, Ramstein. Popular, popular, popular culture overall, we. We uh, we get from America primarily, so every TV show you watched, I watched. Every movie you've seen, I've seen as well, and every band you've heard from America as well, uh, I've heard. So it's uh, we're very Americanized when it comes to popular mu music. Not so much in politics. All right. So that's that. Uh, let Daniel have the last word since these are mostly his topics today. That's uh, a bunch of stuff from the board and from Daniel's head, I think. So uh, yeah. we, we will be thinking about what next show will be. I think it's time to do that. Look, it's Rock and Roll podcast episode. Um, gives me a reason to listen to something else. But now for Daniel, 
Rikand, for Lonnie and myself. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.